this is great. It's really great to meet both of you in this virtual yeah. realm. I feel I'm like really happy. we probably have met at some point because I think we have mutual friends. And That's kind of how I think too. For the record, I do follow you on Twitter and I have for quite some time, but I almost never tweet. So, but <laughs> yeah, okay. you know, like all my friends and I saw lots of your tweets and I was like, she's really funny. I'll follow her. So there's no way to be like, hi, I have some context for you, but like, you don't, I don't know, know who you are. Like- <laughs> you know what though? I think some people find that uncomfortable and weird but also if you have a public twitter and that's just like what are you gonna do yeah you know people are gonna know some part of you and you just gotta like roll with it surprise listeners we have a guest like everybody's probably got onto this already um so yeah we have a third voice here today uh correct me if i get your name wrong dina del buccia Perfect. Sweet. Okay. Dina Delbuchia is a writer, podcaster, literary event host, editor, creative writing instructor, otter, and dress enthusiast. Love that you included that. Uh, living mm-hmm. in Vancouver on the unceded coast Salish territory. Uh, she is the author of four short sto- of a short story collection, Don't Tell Me What to Do. I love the name of that. Thank and four you. collections of poetry. Uh, we'll link all those in the show notes. You are the senior editor of Poetry is Dead, the artistic director of the Real Vancouver Writers Series, and you host the podcast Can't Lit uh, with Jen Sukfong Lee, uh, which is an amazing podcast, and you should listen to it Thank if you, you are at all into Canadian literature. Uh, and your new book just Or just out- like two loud women being loud. Also that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Like, if you like that, I think you could just get on board. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, yeah, that's probably the better way to describe that. And uh, yeah, your new- Literature is important. It is, especially in Canada, because we have some problematic people. Not going to name names, Margaret Atwood, but you know. We we could talk about that. I'm happy to talk about it anytime. (laughs) I mean, we do go off on a lot of tangents. Yeah, we do a lot of tangents, so this is a very very good possibility. I've heard them, and I love them. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so it's because I'm going to start with this. So you, you've hosted literary events in the past and, and I'm sure you will post COVID. Can you talk about the Bruce Campbell one? Okay. So, and I still have been hosting them during the pandemic virtually. Virtually. Yeah. Um, but my first real experience doing literary event stuff was when I worked at chapters on Robson at the flagship store. That was my first bookstore job. I started in 2002 and then I don't remember the year this was. It could have been 2004, could have been 2005. It wasn't for If Chins Could Kill. It was the second oh, book, okay. How to Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way or whatever it was called. Yeah. Which admittedly <laughs> yeah. I have not read, which yeah. I need to remedy. I'm I sure think, I have but... a signed copy somewhere. I maybe should just give it to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I was the event coordinator. So I was still paid very little money but I did all the grunt work for in-store events and there was someone else who was like a marketing manager who got paid a lot more than me of course of course and I was probably yeah I was probably like 23 24 at the time and um he did his book launch at the store so I hosted this launch but there were like of course hundreds of people coming through but he was super nice he was so friendly to everyone he took a photo with us all back and like this little uh, office where we had set up a green room. And I just remember him talking about Hollywood and how he was like, everyone's married to a child except for me. (laughs) And I was like, this is incredible. And I was like, oh, I really respect you. And he was constantly being like, just super respectful of everyone. And uh, one of the jobs I was doing was taking photos of everyone, getting their book signed or with him. And he took photos with every single person. I was right. super generous, but um, I kept kneeling 
like kind of like on one leg. So basically I was doing lunges for <laughs> the whole of duration of the event. And at one point I was like, oh, my legs are feeling tight. And then he was like, you gotta stop doing that. And then I also kept apologizing for being like, oh no, you have to take a better photo. I've always been that person that's like, this photo's not good enough. We just gotta do one more quick. Yeah, but I'm doing it fast. And then I would apologize. And he was like, stop being Canadian. <laughs> like he just thought everything was like funny. And yeah, he was just really nice. Yeah, we met him at the at the fan expo uh, last year, and we got a photo with him. And you can, like you can tell that this is like his happy place. Like just like he had like the crushed velvet suit on, and was just like yeah. he was car salesman. Like hey, buddy, how's it going? Like come on over. He's like you stand yeah. here, you stand here, and he would do the pose. Like how are we gonna do this? Do yeah, this. he was just super. It like emanated kindness and patience because you do have to have patience to do that kind of thing and not want to kill yourself in the middle of it. So um, definitely, yeah. I don't know. I. I, I like the photo that we have with him. He was super nice. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad you only get like 10 seconds, but you yeah. know, that's how it is. I know. Those things. Yeah. It, it was nice to have a little bit more time and he was just like very generous with everybody was there. And the only other person that was super nice like this, that's not true. There were two people. <laughs> and because when I worked at chapters, it was a lot bigger events and more like celebrity type stuff um, because it was, you know, a big store and um, was George R. R. Martin. Really? Oh, really? He took photos with every single person. He stayed for two hours after we closed. We had to like keep the store partially open just to get through everyone in line. He didn't let anyone leave without having their book signed. Oh my God. He gave all the staff that worked the event like free shirts. I gave mine to one of the other huge JRRM nerds, <laughs> few <laughs> super fans. Cause I was like, this is a triple XL. And I don't, I would love to just wear this around loose, but like, this is better for you. You can have it. Um, <laughs> and like, he's, and this was, you know, pre the show. Yeah. It was like 2005. Yeah. Right, my, the mics were still huge. Yeah. Though. My, they my were enormous. is like yeah. the biggest fan. Like she was just like, you need to read these books. And I'm like, yeah, uh, not my style. She's like, no, you need to read them. And yeah. I was like, I will, I will try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get through yeah, the uh, Yeah. All these people I worked with were like, losing their absolute shit i can swear on this i assume oh yeah of course. I oh, yeah. Absolutely. i heard other people swearing i heard people swearing before so it's fine yeah um, <laughs> mostly me <laughs> yeah those two were like they you know they come from i think the world of genre and they understand what the fans mean and that they're yeah. important and the level of devotion and i think they love it yeah yeah and i think that's something that we can like will be a good segue into the episode because like this is one of the more bonkers mm. xena episodes like <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Yes. I do too. Same. And it is not very it's not well, well received by the fans. Like we were reading things online on like I'm so unsurprised. Yeah. Wush.com, which is still <laughs> around. It is so fantastic. Yeah. It's a great site. But everybody was just like, this is degrading the characters and their dignity. And I'm like, I'm like, it's it follows the format. Like, so you watch Xena as a kid like this on some yeah, level when i was like no. a when i was like a teen okay yeah. yeah same so like clearly we've kept up the fandom <laughs> over the years so like in I watching it, it in, in watching it now i'm just like oh yeah there is this pattern of like i remember like watching an episode or two of everybody like oh this is really funny really happy oh god what's gonna happen next because there is this this format of like we're gonna we're gonna destroy you emotionally but then give you something as a palate cleanser and then this was the one for the first part of season four because like it, Gabrielle was dead and in the afterlife and Zena had to go get her, but she had to leave her horse to go get her. I, think and... I remember that part of it too. Yeah, yeah. It was all very like dark and there was a lot of 
you know, moping and wailing and <laughs> a lot of dramatic, like Kate Bush traveling style music. through the spirit realms. Yeah. And then, oh my God, she's alive because I see her dying in the future. So she's alive now. And that's kind of how it ends. I and also just we- love how, like, when she was dying in the future, Zena was just like, she's alive, ignoring the crucifixion <laughs> of all of it. She's like, no, she's alive. I'm going to go find my wife. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> not oh. important. <laughs> the crucifixion not a big deal okay good to know moving on and then the next one they're dramatically reunited and there's lots of sobbing and like i searched for you and then <laughs> and then and then this and then the fungus among us yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah that was absolutely incredible yeah. so given how many <laughs> fart jokes i have made at you on twitter lucy can we not i feel like you would appreciate Huge. the humor in this i mean i did take notes and okay, i absolutely did I like one of my notes was I can't believe how much body humor is in this. It's perfect. Um, it also to me is very fitting for that show though. Like they're outside all of the time. Yeah. There's, you know, I am sure hygiene is at a low on a good day. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. You know, like this actually checks out in a logical way for me, just based on like what they're experiencing every day. Yeah. And we've had this conversation. It's just like, she's wearing leather. That's going to be like, I'm wearing a tank top right now and I'm sweating my ass off. And I'm just like, I like, can't imagine wearing a full leather, like bodice and like, where do they shower? They shower in streams. They're usually dirty. Like they're in ancient yeah. Greece. There's like, you know, it's hot. Like you're going to get a rash. You're going to get a yeast infection. Like all yeah. these things will be happening. You're going to get multiple parasites if you're continuously living outside. Like if this is season four and they finally address like a stomach bug now, I'm like, man, you, you could have been to this ages ago. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But the, the, the fans saying, oh, it's like degrading their characters. I'm thinking, okay, first of all, we all have bad days. It doesn't matter how dignified you usually are. We've all had. Yeah a day that just doesn't reflect that well on us and you know joxers like go be a hero and what are they going to say no i can't do that today that's not that's not that's not their forte they're like of course we'll do this i'm covered in lice i love how when she like picks the lice off they screech oh it killed me also the whole episode reminded me of my life in 2018 when i both was covered in mosquito bites and got lice me a child-free woman adult woman (laughs) who does not work in childcare somehow I'm pretty sure it was my friend's kid, but like got lice. It was an absolute nightmare. And I pulled one out on the bus one time. And another time I pulled one directly out of my eyebrow while I was at a bar. Oh no. (laughs) Anyway, uh, for accuracy, incredible work. Like these fans are assholes. They have no idea. This is realistic business. (laughs) I mean, Even me, <laughs> the most the most dignified, glamorous person alive, <laughs> pulling lice out of my eyebrow. Can I, can I ask, like, how did you react to that on the bus? Because that would have been me. I would have just been like, and, like hysterically screaming, and like, I I, I would have just been I'm mortified. Both, yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, this is super stressful because also I, you know, was trying to deal with it at yeah. the time, and I like pulled it out and then like put it in a tissue and then put it in my pocket. And I was like, I don't want people to look at this. <laughs> I mean, if I saw that on the bus, I would not be a happy person. I, I will say that. But I if know. it was a bus downtown, it's probably like I, fifth less gross thing that's happened on the bus that day. It's true. Yeah. Probably towards 100%. the bottom of the chain. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah. Could have had a lot of other stuff. I've seen, but... I, I saw a guy get on the 20 without pants on one day. I proceeded to sit down. 
<laughs> on the, the bench seats in the middle. And I was just like, I'm never sitting on the 20 ever again. A couple weeks ago, I just happened to go for a walk during the naked bike ride. And there were people on the Shaw Go bikes. And I was like, yeah. I'm never getting one of those. Oh, yeah. No. We, we walk by them because we live by Trout Lake. And I walk by like, them. Like, I'm fine if bike. there's people in clothes. But, like, these were it was just, like, too. it was real hot. And like sweaty junk just all up on that. Yeah. 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 All the orifices, all the things. Yeah. Oh, just so many things flapping around. And just, no. <laughs> Even prior to COVID, I was a bit of a germ phobe. So I, that's just a big no for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I always loved to, if I had to, if I'm on the bus, I'm like, I'm going to wash my hands immediately pre COVID. Yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> just. It's it's the only thing that it's it's the only way. It's yeah. the only way. I feel like the the only thing that could have made this episode it would have been traumatic for us, uh, but would have added a level of gross humor. Would have been if they had bed bugs in the in the bedroll. Oh yeah, because we had, had we bed had bed bugs, bugs yeah, as well. Yeah, West End though. Yeah, I the West End mm-hmm. is like a hotbed for it. It's a lot better now, thank God. I oh, think good. because at the time people were not dealing with them and building managers were like, mm, this, you're lying. It's isn't true. And it's like, no, if you just deal with it, then they'll go away. And then people will still want to live here. Did we have the same manager? Cause ours was like, um, you're the people reporting this. So um, I think it's your fault. And I'm like, it's not the hoarders downstairs who don't let you in their apartment ever. Uh, maybe check the hoarders. Yeah. Guess yeah. Like was. I was like, <laughs> of course. And I was like, this probably came from the drug dealers downstairs where people are constantly coming to their apartment at like four in the morning. Yeah. doing whatever you know it was all bad sometimes there would be really really young girls coming and I was like please I don't want you to don't go in there like just there's got to be somewhere else for you to go better oh, than no. this I'm, like, can I take, I'm gonna just start start like taking in these teens and just like living in my one bedroom apartment I'll help you I'll find you better I, yeah. dogs I was like First off, these men are disgusting. Secondly, like their taste in music is bad. Thirdly, I mean, I don't even need more. That's no, good don't. enough. No, it's fine. <laughs> so I'm I'm very glad you said you like this episode because I was saying like people like just malign it online, and I'm just like I think this is actually really funny. Um, like for me, it is I, really funny. Well, it follows that like like I said that little pattern of zine. It's like here's some stuff that's going to wreck you emotionally, and then like we'll give you a break, and then we'll go into like the second arc of the series and or the season, and then it's going to carry on. And I like that kind of stuff. Like I watch a lot of gay TV, a lot of gay movies, and I get real <laughs> fucked off when I can think of one show in particular where the producer and the writer will be online like, "Oh, the episode today is so good," and then maybe I'll be like, "This is fucking sad as hell." They're like, "Oh, you wait till next one," and I'm like, "Why would why why?" Why do you want to torture <laughs> your gay audience like this? We, we're not watching yeah. this. And their excuse was, well, it's, you know, it's realistic if there's strife. And I'm like, sure, yes. But there has to be, there has to be some, something else. There has to be also, happiness. There's a, there's a difference between like conflict and tension, which you need to drive story and like putting people through trauma and like, yeah. Yeah. I think actually they're not might, the same. Yeah. You might actually know. <laughs> <laughs> the writer of the show, Jordan Hall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver. Very tiny. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so it was the web series, Carmela, and, like, I would just be online, like, raging, like, Jordan, stop being mean oh, to yeah. us. She's like, no, and I'm like, mm, no, you stop being mean to us. <laughs> oh, Jordan. Jordan's I, a good writer. 
She is. She's a sure. very good writer. But she, yeah. the, the producers really, really leaned on that. Like, let's let's make it hard. Let's make it rough. Let's make it like very unhappy for them. I'm like, why? I why? mean, I think that's also such a lesson for people, you know, that the people with money are pushing creative people in yeah. directions that they might not want to go. Yeah. Entirely, and yeah. I don't care for it. But I don't love it. I yeah. guess people need money. Like it sucks. It's it's garbage. That's yeah. why when you have shows where people have creative control, they're usually really well done. Yeah. Um, like what are, know, what, thinking what, are, what are some things you can? I'm just trying to think of any sh- like uh, may, I may destroy you last year, like when that came out, Michaela um, Cole's show, and yeah. she pretty much you know did all that stuff. Yeah. Or even like please like me from. Yeah. Australia like you know he was doing all that stuff he had support and a lot of times those shows have fewer episodes especially if they're from Australia or the UK so they can do you know a little bit more I don't know like I mean I consume a ton of pop culture obviously but um or Fleabag even like oh my god just like here you go perfect here you go just like make make this amazing show I just started rewatching it last night and I was like what a fucking great show it's so yeah. excellent and so is please like me i i really enjoyed that they're both great yeah 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 but you know that's, that's a good point like people if, if the creative control is there then like you're gonna pretty much be guaranteed like something decent so it's like producers like trust your trust your writers trust your writing staff um yeah like oppose I, I think there were some issues with the last season because there was some drama in the room a little bit. Um, oh, I didn't hear about this. Janet Mock wrote a very lengthy, was it a Twitter thing or Instagram thing where she just kind of like ranted. Well, it was at the premiere too. She yeah. kind of went on this big dramatic rant about Hollywood and then also said that she cheated on her partner and begged him to stay with her in the middle of like the premiere. <laughs> so it's all very... Um... Honestly, this is how to do a premiere. You show oh, yeah, up, you look right? great. <laughs> show up look great drop some gossip start a scene like say some pointed stuff about the establishment like that's perfect but then situation. also throw in stuff about your adultery like I yeah it's casual rumor mill stuff we, like, yeah. we saw we saw the most amazing person walking on the drive last week and i'm like you could be a character in a tv show she had this like flowing like skirt like lace shirt thing with like a carmen san diego hat all oh, entirely in black and I'm just like, she's going to someone's funeral to stand ominously off to the side. And I want to know her entire life story because she's like the coolest person yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And this I love is the this. Kind of person, this is incredible. This is the kind of person who would go like, what? I just need to know the context for this outfit. Yeah. If there is it one. Was like it was like Sunday. It was like Sunday at yeah. noon. I don't think the dog <laughs> I hope, about the pajamas. I hope this person just dresses like this all the time. I hope so too. I hope so. I'm like, this is a lot. Yeah. There's, there's one woman it's I also good. see who wears red something, like fire engine red something every oh, day with a uh, parasol. Beautiful. And I'm just like, I love the drive. This is great. <laughs> I just have to acknowledge this uh, for our listeners. We're in the middle of a really horrible heat wave in Vancouver right now. I like the heat, but this is too much. Um, and Sarah <laughs> Me and I- Me too. Like, Sarah, yeah. yeah. Sarah and I have been like f- five feet apart for the last three days and now we're sitting because of the microphone with our legs pressed together oh, and it's just <laughs> and our fans off because we don't want the audio to pick yeah. it up and so it's a whole I just feel like I am turning into a puddle 
Well, this is why podcasting I mean, is an audio for me. People need to hear my pain. Okay. <laughs> it's only uncomfortable for the people doing it, but you can't see it. Yeah. When you move your legs, it's going to make like a noise, like a, like a slushing kind of like yeah. <laughs> sweat separation like it's horrific sound yeah and you know, i think that also ties back to the episode though yeah. you know just even if you have you know found this person you love you thought they were dead or whatever's going on like <sighs> there is gross stuff that is going to happen to you i think it's interesting that fans didn't like the episode but i think a lot of that speaks to i don't know the way fandoms really idealize certain characters and the characterization of them and especially in the 90s like shows were you know way more episodic mm -hmm. and not as serialized as we're used to now so like you know you're seeing them experience different things that they might not normally and it's you know feels weird to yeah. a viewer but yeah fandom's weird like i'm not part of any fandoms um but I like best? things a lot. No, I don't think I ever have been. Like, I like things a lot or I'll like, I'll like performers a lot, but I've never been a part of any, anything like that. We both have Tori um, Amos tattoos and met on a Tori Amos message board when we lived across the see, country. See, this is what I another. honestly love to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, is loving otters a part of a fandom? <laughs> I love otters. Like, yeah. I'll do whatever they want me to do. Yeah. Whenever I see an otter now, I think um, of you. <laughs> But I also accept that, you know, they're imperfect creatures like male sea otters. Trigger warning for assault will rape baby seals and stuff like they're not 100% cool. No, no. it's kind of really shitty. <laughs> like it's like, the worst. It's not good. <laughs> not all otters. It's very bad. Stop doing that otters. Jeez. 100% <laughs> agree. But you you notice it's only the male otters doing it. Mm, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This, the, the misogyny of the otter world <laughs> it just trickles Rampant. right through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's cross species. Exactly. Chloe <laughs> made a good point about the episode, though. Um, it's called In Sickness and in Hell. So it's, it's clearly a play mm. on the wedding vows. So, I mean, this whole episode, they're just so fucking married. And so that's another yeah. reason that it surprises me that not a lot of people like it, because... I mean, half like seventy-five percent of the reason there is a fandom is is because of the Xena and Gabrielle ship. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like seventy-five percent <clears throat> seems like a good. Yeah, I don't think people were like watching it for like the groundbreaking plot line. <laughs> well, no, it, it was. I mean, it, you know, yeah. people also just watched it because it was a lot of like there it was, was fun. There were straight people who watched it, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and campy yeah. and like again tonally wild so you never kind of knew what you're getting yeah. from week to week so i mean there are there are other things about it that are good but yeah it, was, it, it would was... not have its lasting power if it were not for the fact that it was the gayest not explicitly gay show <laughs> it was yeah it was it was accessible queer camp for gay kids who could you know get the wink and the nod um and something like this is sickness and in hell like it really shows that like this is married life, kids. Like, you're going to deal with your partner shitting fire. You're going to deal with fucking, <laughs> fucking foot yeah, they are both. They are both, like, so, you know, like, they're mocking each other a little bit. But it's very charming and and cute in their relationship. 
Like it's the way they are with each other. The the care is visible in all of this. Yes. And like, there's a whole bath scene. How can people not like this? (laughs) I mean, it isn't goat poop or whatever, but still. (laughs) That part was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Chloe was just sitting here cringing. Yeah. Lucy Lawless looked incredible while she was like combing out her lace hair. Lice? She just always looks incredible. Yeah. And She's I just lo- like, I have lice, but like, I look like a supermodel while I'm combing it out. <laughs> I really feel, I really feel like, and I say this all the fucking time, Lucy Lawless is so underrated. Like, I think that like, given, I agree. given an amazing writing team, like she could fucking win so many awards. Like she was on Battlestar Galactica and she was awesome. And she was in Ash vs. Evil Dead and she was so funny and she's mm-hmm. hilarious and zine. her comedic timing is fantastic oh, yeah, and her physical Ash comedy is evil dead yeah uh-huh. yeah she I also had lot, like yeah. that weird role in the last season of the l word where she was oh, like she was the cop the cop the cop investigating jenny Schechter's <laughs> she did <laughs> yes oh yeah. my god mm-hmm. yeah and she so was on parks and rec and yeah, it was like yeah. such an like very understated which was a, i think a great role for her yeah like, I just think she has range for sure. I agree with you. I think, yeah, yeah I think she's, I think she's done a lot of great stuff and. She has the range. She's fantastic. More. And she just rips on Kevin Sorbo on Twitter, which I love. Oh yeah. Just it's like an, quote tweets him and drags him to <laughs> hell. Ruins him. So I she'll do that. It. And then all the fans come in and start insulting him further. <laughs> great. I mean, have, he we have listeners a real who've been piece of trash. <laughs> He's so gross. I know. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We have listeners who've been blocked. I've been trying. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I mean. I would love to try and get blocked. I've been blocked by a few real dingbats, so I'm ready to go in again. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was really hoping he wasn't going to be here for Fan Expo, so I'm like, oh, it's going to be awkward over there by Zena shirt, the Zena podcast thing. It's like, hey, boy, Zena. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. We're all giving the finger just so the listeners know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to laugh, though, because he was on Supergirl. He was uh, Monel's dad. And then Dean Kane was had a recurring role as Alex Danvers and Cara Danvers' dad. And they just killed them off, both of them, like with no fucking, they're just like, God, goodbye, yeah. you guys Bye. suck, get off the set. I, I also had a huge crush on Dean Kane because I watched um, The Adventures of Superman and Lois also and so as good. a teen. And it was so and good, like, I love that show. They were both so beautiful. Like, I cut my hair short so it could be like Terry Hatcher's. Amazing. I was in love with her as a kid. I was like, I'm yeah. getting that bob. I want to, like, I'm like... I'm a brunette with a long face. I'm going to go get this bob. <laughs> does, it make you, does it make you sad that like people from our youth turn out to be massive shitheads? Of course it does. But it also makes me just f- feel a bit better about my general suspicions about people. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. That's legit. I can get, I can, I can get behind that. But yeah, I think it is disappointing. And I think, you know, um, I mean neither of those people are my problematic faves like i have no. different problematic faves you know like who i'm just a i'm just a franzen apologist out here like loving jonathan franzen oh okay it's fine he's not the worst he's not the best yeah he's just i'm kinda... sure there are other people oh that i also that like i don't really know much about jonathan it's franzen, fine now he wrote books it's fine he just like writes super long novels you don't have to worry about it yeah okay like sure <laughs> he just good. writes literary fiction he gets in fights with oprah then they make up it's very adorable. It's yeah. It's very kind of like I. It, I was the first two times I saw that I was like, "Is this a shtick? Is this like an SNL thing? Like a like performance art? What's going so on?" So funny to me. It is so funny to me. It yeah. sounds like it yeah. could be worse than like. There's probably way worse people out there than you know. Of course there are. Yeah, but like in the literary world, everyone's always like loves to shit on him. Sure, and he does say ridiculous things all the time. 
So who's who's, who shit on more him or JK Rowling? Oh, JK Rowling for sure. Yeah. Because I think JK Rowling has a more reach overall, right? I think so. Because YA books. So lots of people also, I think people don't necessarily feel betrayed by friends. And I feel like they're just like, you're a pompous guy. Yeah. That's said some, you know, shitty stuff, but it's more like, based in this weird elite world that like not enough people care about. Whereas JK Rowling is just like a straight up transphobic piece of shit. Yeah. And that has spread even to people that don't really know or care about Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's regularly gotten in beef with uh, Nicholas Sperling, the MLA or the green MLA. And I'm just like, Oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Regular, regular Twitter fights. Well, with, oh yeah. Great. <laughs> just like, well, okay. And, and, Nicola also, I mean, obviously was tweeting a lot about that JK Rowling billboard yeah. that that other fucking asshole paid to put up. Anyway, shit from fucking Chilliwack or whatever. Yeah. For our they're listeners, all, we should probably contextualize. Oh yeah, so for context, we, we talked about Sorry. this before, but uh, some fucking transphobe from like South Surrey or Chilliwack, somewhere outside yeah. of Vancouver proper. And, and it's, it's this husband of this woman who runs basically like gender critical i don't know events and stuff yeah like, like they arrange like po- uh like protests they and basically stuff. just have like protests and turf events and they host turfs talks and yeah turf yeah. yeah and so this guy is this guy is married <laughs> i don't know what to call them turf shit fests like i don't know what they're <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah it was her her husband paid to put up a billboard that said i love jk rowling yeah, in a very prominent was, spot in Vancouver. Yeah, it was and on it was one of the huge. Main... Like it was yeah. not a little billboard. It was no, like, it was a regular towering. size billboard. It was a regular yeah. like <laughs> the ones you see on the highway with like the side with the lights pointing on them. And uh, yeah, it was on. If you are familiar with Vancouver, it was on Hastings Street. So it was one of the main thoroughfares yeah. through the entire yeah. city and into Burnaby. Uh, yeah. So thousands of people saw this, and uh, yeah, so that could then started a whole. <laughs> yeah, and it, but it barely lasted a day. It got taken down. Yeah, people were out there protesting it, and people were getting in fights with this guy. So, it, yeah, it didn't last long. And then he played the and victim. He, yeah. Yeah. He also shows up sometimes to other protests. Like, I know he showed up at some anti mask protests, but to just be like, hey, I don't like trans people. <laughs> I don't like trans women. It's like, get your protest right. Go make your own. Yeah. Go arrange it somewhere yeah, like, else. Just go stand on a different corner. I don't know. I want you all to go home. Like, I don't <laughs> want any of you to be out in the street. But I mean, I suspect there is a large amount of overlap between those two groups. For but, sure. But yeah. uh, still. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, part of me is very curious um, to, because a lot of the Xena fandom is a bit older. And I do wonder if there is like little hidden pockets of, of turfdom all through it. Because, you know, you do get the people who are like, they're not bi, they're, they're lesbians. And I'm like, well, they were both intimately involved with dudes. Like, yes, compulsory heterosexuality is a thing. But, like, you know, the, there was love there. And, like, it was also the 90s. Yeah. And, you know, you had to, like, justify things as you could to get them by the censors. But I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting for the day a fucking turf crawls into our mentions on Twitter. Because I will. Oh, my God. Them. <laughs> well, I'll come for them, too, now. <laughs> and you have all your listeners. All your listeners will. Yeah, the listeners will come back, I think. You know, They'll I support don't, you. <laughs> I do see what you're saying, but I, I doubt that... I'm sure there are TERFs who watch Xena, but I don't think it's, like, a huge part of the fan base, mostly because the show has had, like, fairly positive trans themes, sort of. That's and, true, yeah. 
And because Lucy Lawless is herself is always so outspoken about her support for queer and trans people. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's even though the some of the fan base is older, it's probably not as gross yeah. as it could be. Yeah. We watched a really what was the documentary yeah. called? Oh, it's a documentary called Queering the Script. And we watched that and uh they focus on like fan queer people in fandoms and queer fandoms. And they talked to these two little old ladies who met at a Xena retreat. <laughs> they were like in the, the best. And I was like, there's two little seven-year-old ladies met at the Xena thing, and now they're like I love married. Them. I'm like, this is the cutest fucking thing. Yeah. I don't I love well, them. I that was the thing that stuck out from that documentary the most to me. I was just like, this is so good. Yeah. I mean, it was heavily biased towards like Winona Earp and something else. And I'm just like, oh, I wonder who's involved with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and who's involved with this. Um, but the Xena thing was really, really cute. And I was I was quite happy to see that. And it's just yeah, like, and this, this was like towards the end of the series. So like things were winding down in the fandom because like it got kind of weird towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> you think the Fungus Among Us episode is weird. <laughs> it got, right. got real strange towards the end. They actually had like a fanfic come to life episode, which was. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That was some writing. I don't know if you watched the entire show or not, or just. Sort of I definitely like didn't watch the last season or seasons for sure. Okay, you're not missing it. And I don't think I watched it religiously. Like I would be like, "Oh, it's on. I'm gonna watch it." Yeah, I definitely um, watched I, it religiously because I was gay. Yeah, and I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. I feel like I didn't understand appointment television until I was an adult, and now I'm like obsessed with tv um <laughs> i wish i had been more like that i had no friends so i was just like i know all the tv shows are on that too <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fair i mean of course i did yeah there was probably lots of stuff that i did watch quite a bit but um i also wanted to say so just to talk about plot like the plot of this episode <laughs> outside of xena and gabrielle and all of that stuff yeah. is pretty bad oh yeah like, I loved this episode, despite, I was like, I don't care about these, like, this horde. Like, I don't care about this at all. No. Like, the this is of the so week. boring. I don't even, yeah, like, it was so to the point in this particular episode where we're like, they actually have no, there's no reason for them doing what they're, like, zero. Like, yeah, we have no, no clue cares. what they're up to. They're just, like, attacking whatever the fuck for fun taking the horse for kind of no i mean no reason really. the horse is pretty i want it it's like this horse is attractive okay i'm like do you want to fuck also, the horse like, like, yeah there was definitely some weird sexual energy with that yeah. like <laughs> warlord and the horse that was yeah. absurd i'm like there's some there's some gross romance novel of like the warlord and the horse that he's now the star of for sure and then the horse was wearing that like mask that made it look like a unicorn yeah <laughs> it looked like a giant dick <laughs> yes i'm like that oh i've seen it was I, really funny i've actually it was very seen funny ja- like sure old, yeah. old old japanese porn where you wear yeah. a mask with one of those things on it so as you're going Checks down on somebody it, like you can use the, the thing too but, Checks that's out. Exactly that, what seemed, I that makes sense yeah and i was like oh, anyway it was very very funny. I was like, that's a face fucking mask. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I did like about the whole 
horse thing is that um, despite the fact that this is like such a dramatic tonal shift from the last episode, it does and the previous episodes, actually it does tie into the sort of like where did Argo go thing when they were tracing through the spirit world. So it's actually surprising (laughs) that they bother to tie that up at all. Um, My water, the uh, plant's alarm just went off. That's what that was. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, also, it's just Lucy and the and Argo were pretty funny and just all Lucy's caterwauling, you know, Xena. Um, oh, I loved that. The thing is, I actually liked that part of it. Like the I to me, what would have improved the episode was if there were actually more stakes for that part of it. Mm-hmm. With I the agree. horde, whatever it was. Like, but the fact that, you know, Xena is missing Argo, who she also loves. And has this deep connection to like that is important and great but yeah it's truly just they're like we're just gonna write a nameless group of ding dongs <laughs> they're gonna that's that truly was my only like complaint yeah. honestly everything else i was like on board on board on board because usually there's like a reason like we have to go get like a yes. jewel or we have to go get like a sword or something but it's like this village is like oh jocks are being attacked help us and he's like, I need help. I'm going to my death. I'll go get these two. But like, yeah. I was like, what's the, why? I do have to say though, this... I love when they showed the the warlord camp and they were like preparing for battle. And like the sky was like green behind them with really bad CGI lighting. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, they're, they got some money in this episode. They're going to bring out the green screen lightning. Just oh yeah. Spectacular. <laughs> there was, I feel like there was some in general, pretty great slash funny effects and like oh the rabbit with both, the cgi teeth yeah there were the there were the cgi rabbit teeth i was dying also that never really was anything Explained. but what it was no like, not at it, all it almost, didn't it feel like they were almost in like for some reason i thought it was going to turn out to be that they were in some kind of realm where all that weird stuff was happening for a reason yeah, I guess that's another thing too. Like, I wish there was a little more universe logic to the show. Yeah, to the episode. There, I mean, universe logic is not a thing. No, you know, we say there's Xena logic for a reason because yeah. everything happens across history all at the same time, and they created everything. Um, yeah, you know, Xena has met Moses and yeah, like Hercules in the same day. She's she invented tracheotomies. <laughs> The rabbit did not really hurt Gabrielle at all. No. I'm also <laughs> like, just like it looked like it was digging into her neck and I was like, "Oh, she's going to be bloody." Yeah. But she was not bloody she was at fine. all. So, but that was another thing. I'm like, so it, it, was she trying to feed it like poison berries and she like had too many and got stoned from berries and hallucinated this or the rabbit went all fucked up because it was eating the I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I really think the writers I, just wanted to throw that scene in there and they were just like, "Well, we're going to and then you're not going to question it." I was like, someone got right. got stoned to watch Monty Python on the weekend. It was like, oh shit, I gotta finish the script. I fully agree with you that there's something about this episode where they were just like taking weird stuff from, I don't know, it was like a little bit of John Waters, a little bit of Monty Python, and just like whatever other gross out. Like it was this weird amalgam. Maybe it was a tribute to something, and I don't know. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. I I was trying to figure that out too, because I'm like, this definitely, I was like, I was waiting for like like a, a divine character, but like divine god, but like yes. divine the drag queen. Like someone Me like too. To, to walk too. out and just be like, I'm doing all this. I'm wizard. Blah, you're, you're my playthings. But it was just like, no, they're just gross. <laughs> 
also when you said divine i was like what if the divine character was played by divine but divine would have been dead by then yeah unfortunately (laughs) so unfortunate you're really right about the sort of complete blandness of the warlords though and i mean there are lots of episodes where there's kind of warlords thrown in they're there just to advance a plot but i've watched this episode i don't even know how many times over the years like so many times and i never remember what this story going on in the back is i'm just like i remember that they're gross and it's funny like i don't yeah, they're gross that's all you need to remember though i feel like that's the joy of the episode it's clearly yeah. like yeah like sarah was saying like this moment where you get to have this mixed bag between the the, the dramatic episodes and you get this thrown in for a fun yeah. time mm-hmm. i feel like, like the, the scene of in the tavern is so funny Everything they're doing is absurd and they're in public and he's hyped them up so much. Like they're so great and they show up and they are haggard. Also, both of them always look pretty near perfect, like beautiful. Their hair is silky, shiny, incredible. The way, like whatever wig they've got that Lucy Lawless is wearing, like her hair gets progressively more out of control. Yeah. It's just bigger, <laughs> just and, bigger, bigger and bigger every time. And it gets bigger. Like she's just scratching her whole head. It's like it's been teased. It's it's It looks like it's from, straight from the 80s. Like it is huge. It's incredible. Yeah. And they show up in this tavern and they're supposed to be these big hotshots <laughs> that are, you know, these like incredible warriors. <laughs> they're just like, can't pull it together, scratching their bodies, <laughs> picking literal nits out of their hair it's extra funny because it's like joxer's one chance to be like i have done a good thing look what i have done i have brought you these people and then it's like oh no i fucked this up i mean lucky that i worked out but yeah (laughs) people did not have high hopes for a while yeah i mean that's the thing why would they like in some ways i actually love that this is also becomes a reversal of the expectations of excellence for characters like that's why even though you know, maybe it doesn't fit with what people want to see. I love episodes like this of a show where you get to see. I love, I love, I love the flaws of a character. Yeah. Or if they have to suffer through something like this, which is very human, instead of something that's more, you know, exalted or complicated. Like this is weirdly extremely relatable. <laughs> Totally. And with, with Xena, there's some episodes where they have to like deal with Aphrodite, who's like very much a thorn in their side and very much this like, I'm bored, I'm gonna fuck with Xena today because I have nothing on my schedule yeah. until five. So she's just like, I'm gonna go bug you guys. And those are hilarious for different reasons because it's like, oh, I'm being fucked with by a supreme being and this is like, I gotta go deal with this and talk to her and reason with her. But with this stuff, it's just like, yeah, you fucking like woke up and you got lice and foot fungus. And it's just like, like you slept in the wrong spot. Yeah, you, you touched the, the wrong thing. You walked the wrong road and now you only have fucking foot rot and that's nasty. Part, part of me wished that, yes, I loved that the, so there's this whole thing with the, the radish soup or radish <laughs> stew or whatever it is yes. that gives everyone the shits. Yeah. <laughs> but I honestly also at one point was like, it would be really funny if Xena gave all these like warlords lights, like yeah. all the and, the and all the soldiers and everything. Like that would be extremely funny to me because everyone has long hair. Yeah. They're going to get it and it's going to be bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> she could have just put on all their helmets and yeah, then it would have like... transferred. <laughs> it would be such a shithead move, but so delightful. So fantastic. It's really, it would be so funny. I also, I was like, 
how dumb are these warlords where a random dude walks into your camp with a pot and is like, hey, I went to the Athens School of Cooking. Do you want some soup? I'm like, you guys, no, you guys are bad warlords. That line also is so funny. <laughs> the excessive flashbacks was not my problem with the Athenian army. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that in the history books? I want to go check this out. Another line I really enjoyed was, there are bushes enough for everyone. Agree. That made me laugh very hard. I'm sure the neighbors heard me. I was just like, ah. Oh my God. I was watching it like last night in bed and I had a, a loud, uh, this fan, but also a super loud fan on. So I was like, oh, no one can hear anything that I'm doing. But I genuinely was like screaming, laughing a few different <laughs> times. I was like, this is so funny. Also, it's fun to just see these like beautiful, like, very glamorous powerful <laughs> women just be like Ugh, i'm really struggling yeah <laughs> <laughs> like ugh. but it made them cute to me still like you know i know and renee o'connor really went for it with the gross oh my god rot and picking it off the body oh yeah she was she was oh my god oh, oh yeah <laughs> she was not messing around no she- you know what you know what you could tell they had fun doing this episode yeah the way they looked at each other, some of the exchanges. There were so many one-liners. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like, you know, 20% of the episode was just one-liners. Yeah. This is this is the same writing team who did an episode called Fins, Fems, and Gems. It's an episode we did with Andrea Warner, which is... Uh, oh, I listened to that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yes. it's, it's the same writing team who did that one in this episode. Um, so it's it's similar kind of, like, wacky themes and, like... You know, the gods are playing with us in one and, you know, yeah, nature is fucking with us in the other one. Yeah, I mean, we hardly <laughs> talked about the episode in that episode. But yeah, we just okay. made fun of a lot of stuff. But that's kind of how it is with this podcast. Yeah. Honestly, so that's fine. You should make fun of stuff. It's great. Yeah. I really want to do a live episode. I want to have you, Hannah, and Andrea back. <laughs> oh, my God. That's that's like literally my dream. That would I love be amazing. It. We did. Yeah, we did two live episodes of the podcast and both of them were extremely fun. But one of them, we had a real wild card guest and it was just like, yeah, it was very funny. Because <laughs> um, nice. you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I would yeah, I would love to do more live episodes too. It's super fun. Yeah. I'm hoping with the podcast um, festival next year, if we get invited back, I might talk to everybody and be like, can we do a live one? Yeah. yeah. I also, every year the podcast festival is always around the same time, which is uh, my friend Daniel's birthday. Yeah. And so I've been going to LA. So I've missed every festival so far, uh, except last year because yeah. <laughs> COVID. But um, I didn't get invited last year for the first time. So I was like, well, I guess I said no to any times. <laughs> <laughs> the only live episodes we've done have been just the two of us. So it would be really interesting to do a live episode that had other people involved. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like the usual format is we watch episode and then like shit talk it. <laughs> For, for an hour i'm gonna do that with with guests like on a panel situation where we have, i have a screen oh, in yeah, front of us great and then it's projected and then, then it's just a free-for-all i went to the last live event i went to was last year i went to um at the comedy festival live uh how did this get made podcast oh awesome um yeah it was super fun um they the film was abraxas guardian of the universe which mm-hmm. i'd never heard of bonkers movie yeah, it's like Jesse Ventura is yeah. Abraxas. Like, it's very weird. And I don't even want to explain it. But it was super fun 
because they have a big screen behind them. So they don't play the whole thing, but they have select clips. They had select clips like lined up and then they would talk about yeah. uh, like the most, as you said, bonkers parts of the movie. And they'd be like, what's going on here? Yeah, it was very fun. So I think that would be great. Like it would be, be great to have. Yeah, it that would, would be probably super be fun. the way to go. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we do have, have questions about like the legality of, you know, watching. Watching the entire thing. The entire rights and payments and stuff but yeah we have some time we'll yeah <laughs> you have plenty of time but it would <laughs> yeah, email would be andrea g to be like andrea what's what's my what's my legal abilities here what can i do yeah like what am i allowed to do or not allowed to do i bug her so much for yeah. podcast questions i feel so bad wait andrea how do i work zoom <laughs> is zoom good to oh my god podcasts? well now you can uh message me if you need help <laughs> I, I probably will thank you yeah okay, so before we go what was your yeah. favorite uh innuendo or or line from the movie or show from the show yeah oh my god what did i love mine was the enough bushes for everybody (laughs) honestly you're right i mean enough bushes for everybody is great i wish i had written down more quotes because there truly were so 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 many i also like when zina called her scabrielle that's what i was just gonna say i loved (laughs) when zina called her scabrielle and i laughed so hard also it was in that same or the scene right after was when (laughs) Zena tied her hands up with like burlap yeah (laughs) so she couldn't scratch and I just it was such a funny and it was such a quick visual gag like it did not last long yeah (laughs) they were like zooming into this and then we're getting right out of there gnawing on the rope yes she was gnawing on it yeah she's like trying to scam her way out it was very very funny but I, yeah just again she had to go pick a shit yeah also, she also, really did also gabrielle using xena's chakram to scratch her grossness oh my god yeah and the xena's be horrified is that the chakram oh yeah do you want it back <laughs> such a shit oh but she like wedged it in like it was so sneaky yeah <laughs> i'm like she's from planet just, like, for sure. I like that they both felt like a bit a bit ashamed. <laughs> but also they wanted they but not ashamed enough to not want to like get relief, deal with their problem. I love that Zena was denying that she had lice for so long. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Scabrielle also like it they had to accept their fate. Yes. <laughs> they they really they really really did. <laughs> Um, yeah, awesome. it was great slapstick, great camp, and yeah. all that stuff. And I, th- I think, honestly, it does, it holds up after, like, 20-odd years. It's still, like, good slapstick, good camp, and good queer camp. Most of the show does, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's, like, tonally the one of the most consistent things about the show. Yeah. It's gonna I be that so. element. We've discussed it before, but kind of the only show that has the same vibe as Xena, which is this really camp adventure show is legends of tomorrow it is oh i've never seen it it is it's like you know it's (laughs) It's sort of a superhero show but i think it's got pretty wide appeal because they're they're kind of all very flawed like that's the entire point of the show and it's super queer and yeah it's absolutely it's batshit insane like like Sarah Lance is always trying to seduce like historical figures who are often women from like a I love million. this. Yeah, there's like a this sounds great. So it's, they're time traveling superheroes, 
uh, and they were the legends of tomorrow. So like time travel, you know, uh, but the turns out they're not actually like legends. They were just like a bunch of fucking petty thieves and criminals. This time traveled guy was like, I needed people and you were people. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Yeah. Yes. And then one time they have to battle a giant Bebo doll thing. So that, that looks like a big Furby. That looks like a big Furby. Oh and this God. is like a recurrent thing yeah. throughout the show. It's not even a one time thing. No, like it comes Bebo, back a lot. Like Bebo's a multi-season thing. Yeah, and the, the, the timeline got fucked up. And Bebo was like supreme rule of the world once. It was just like, okay. Very frequently, I'm like, did I take acid today? What am I watching? <laughs> oh, and there's a running gag of, of King Shark uh, coming through. King Shark's like a shark man hybrid. Um, and there's this like innuendo of uh, one of the guys having been a romantic partner of King Shark for many years. And King Shark is a top. <laughs> Oh my god, this show sounds great. It's so is great. it more recent? Uh, the last, I think, five years, six years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, the first season is a little bit of a slog, and then it gets really. Yeah, good. the first season. I would. I had skipped the first season, and then just jump right into. Maybe two. just like read a like an overview of the characters and yeah. overall plot or something, and then just like start oh with season god. two. And you'll and you'll enjoy it because they film it in downtown Vancouver. So. Tons oh, of stuff okay. I can pick out. I can pick out everything. Yeah. Very frequently, they what, a use, fun, what a fun thing to do. They use BC Place as like a backdrop for a lot of stuff and like Olympic Village. BC Place, Olympic Village. I'm sure they shot at uh, the Chan Center. It's in every, it ha- it's, oh, probably. It yeah. ha- it's required to be at every show. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. Supergirl is always like down have, yeah. at uh, George Wainborn Park and the one on the oh, other yeah. side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The False Creek yeah. Fairies are always ripping back and forth. You can see them when I'm like, it just said Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. There now. Like, um, the other day, I, and I had noticed this when I watched it. So I watched the show Hacks on HBO. Oh, we gotta watch that. I've been dying to watch that. Is it good? You're gonna love it. You're gonna Sweet. love it. Um, you're gonna love it. Like, yeah, this young actor that's in it is so good. And Gene Smart is obviously incredible. And yeah, it's great. But there's one weird scene in the finale. And I noticed at the time, did, and then I was like, Ugh, whatever, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. But then someone I know, Jenica Harper, who is... Um, also a screenwriter she works on jan she's like the showrunner on the tv show jan that is jan arden the singer it is a show based on her life that is filmed in her real hometown of calgary alberta which really never happens nothing is filmed in calgary alberta no. and called no. calgary <laughs> so there's a weird shot that's clearly just like you know you get to pick a like a transition scene and it's very much gas town vancouver <laughs> This show is A, set in Las Vegas, and B, like, in part of it, someone is supposed to go to Boston. And so there's a bus that says Boston on it coming out along, um, like, just off Water Street when it turns into whatever that is. I was like, what is this? And so then she had posted about it and was asking people. And, uh, yeah, it turned out it's just, like, this very generic thing that if you, you know, you go do a search and you're going to pick, oh, I can't even think of the term for whatever it is like whatever this transition scene was. And it's just like one of the ones that shows up and it's like downtown Boston. So I guess people just think that's what it is. <laughs> I like how the flash, the flash is fully like leaned into filming in Vancouver. Like I saw one scene where like he's heading on. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you guys are just going to go with it. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, this episode is really fun. I love that you picked it for me to watch. I feel extremely flattered that I got to watch this incredible episode <laughs> that you saw me so deeply. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of fart jokes. I think Dina will definitely like, People it. are farting. People are have no control of their bowels. People are throwing up. 
people have like painful body, like embarrassing stuff happening to them. <laughs> well, I think it was what on, I um, love. Retail nightmares, maybe you guys talked about poop a lot, and I was just like, yeah, I gotta get. We you definitely down. did. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we definitely did. We gotta get yeah. you down the podcast. And I mean, your yeah, tweets, totally your, love it. You know, your your tweets. There's a lot, you know. Yeah. I get it. I have IBS, so yeah. you know, it's yeah. a thing. Like right now, my I have I feel like I need some a bunch of different medical things because I think a lot of us probably didn't do things during the pandemic, go for as many appointments as we should have, you know. Uh, so now I'm like gonna. I really want to get my hemorrhoids removed. Like this is like my main focus for summer 2021. <laughs> Get hot rid summer. of those guys. Woo! Get rid of those little guys. Yeah, this is my hot girl summer goal. Get rid of those roids. We will support you in your journey. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. This was extremely fun. And Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I feel like it. I would not have revisited Zena if not for you. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for what a uh, great podcast. Everyone listen to this all the time. I know you're Thank listening you. to it now, but now at the end, go back to the beginning, listen to them all. If you haven't already. So thank Bye. you so much. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.